0: Welcome to PwC's Next in Health podcast. I'm Ben Isger, and joining me today is Trina Taderos, who leads the Health Research Institute. Welcome, Trina.
1: Hey, Ben. Great to be here.
0: Trina, today I am calling Smorgasbord Day because we have quite a few things to cover, and I thought we'd start with a little bit of a rapid-fire news roundup. There's been a lot going on, so why don't you walk us through a few of those issues?
1: Yeah. It's hard to believe that here we are more than a year after this pandemic started and we still have so much going on, but we do. So I think the first thing I want to start with is that we're starting to get a vision into some of the aspects of a post-pandemic life. And what I mean by that is thinking about how to prevent the next pandemic and what a sort of forecasting system for infectious disease might look like. And I'll point us all to an interesting interview with Michael Minna from Harvard University that lays out a vision for a national weather service for infectious disease. And I thought it was fascinating and worth a look. Basically, he envisions humans as being kind of like recording devices. One of the quotes in this article was, we're all just USB sticks always recording. And what he means is that our immune systems are kind of recording devices for all the different pathogens that we all encounter. And so if there's some way that we could take that information and use it as a way to monitor for infectious diseases, we might be able to get early warnings on flare-ups of known infectious diseases and also novel pathogens like the SARS-CoV-2. And so I think we're starting to see some thinking around these kinds of forecasting models how would that work globally and I think you know some of these ideas it'll be interesting to see how they bubble up and which ones get realized in the end
0: I'm glad you brought up the concept of forecasting because that's something that we've been talking about. And actually, we covered that in our top health industry issues report this year, that many of our health leaders and public health leaders were kind of flying blind during the pandemic and that we do need to invest more in forecasting. Of course, this is a much kind of taking it to a whole nother level of we as individuals can be part of that and not just the health system in general or population health more specifically. Besides maybe we're all USB sticks going forward, what else was hot in the news this week?
1: Yeah, I think we're seeing vaccine passports gain some traction overseas in the United States we do not have anything like vaccine passports. For the most part, New York State accepted. They kind of have a digital passport, digital way of recording that you've been vaccinated. But otherwise, we really don't have it. And it does not look like anything is gelling yet in the United States. But overseas, in the EU, in Japan, we do see the rolling out of certificates, vaccine passports, that will help folks prove that they've been fully vaccinated and then travel more freely. But like I said, in the United States, we really don't have that. And so all of us are mostly having to hold on to those CDC cards, take digital pictures of them and hope that they're acceptable to whoever is looking for us to prove that we've been vaccinated. Or I think what we're also seeing is this kind of honor system grow up in the United States, especially around the masking guidance that recently was changed by the U.S. government, where basically it's an honor system system. And I think that's sort of the way we're going to be moving forward, at least for the time being, because here we really don't have that vaccine passport gelling. But overseas, we're seeing it. And so I think it'll be also interesting to see how us U.S. citizens, when we want to travel abroad where there's a requirement to prove that you've been vaccinated, how that will work out so we'll be seeing that happen, I think, in the coming months. This has to be thought through for all of us in the absence of anything better than those little CDC cards, which honestly, I, I'm not entirely sure where mine is right now.
0: Well, I took a picture of mine just in case, and hopefully it will sit on my smartphone ready to go at a moment's notice. But let's move from vaccine passports to actual vaccinations. And we know because we've been talking about the trends over the last few weeks of how we've been doing the vaccinations in many areas really well, but we know we're coming across some reluctance. And there's an interesting idea out there to get people kind of off the couch and get them vaccinated. What did you find out about that really interesting way to coax people to do things?
1: We're reaching kind of a plateau of some sort, Ben. You're right. So how do you get the folks that are reluctant to go out and get vaccinated or folks who have just sort of not gotten around to it or it's a little difficult for them to actually go get the shot that get them to sort of figure that out and go do it. And so we're seeing a whole bunch of different kinds of incentives. And I think one of the more interesting ones are the vaccine lotteries that some states are putting up. Ohio has done that. New York has a kind of a form of a lottery that I think they're giving folks who have been vaccinated a lottery ticket. And Maryland just recently announced that they are going to draw daily $40,000 prizes for folks that have been vaccinated, I think leading to a $400,000 prize on July 4th in a way to sort of help folks get excited about getting vaccinated, get them to go and get vaccinated. So there was a great press conference with a guy in a lottery ball and a mask next to Governor Hogan announcing this lottery. And so I think we'll see more of these creative efforts as we go on. And the country tries to get more and more of these last folks vaccinated.
0: It's definitely an innovative idea in terms of how do we incentivize people. Let's turn our attention now to the virus itself. And when I say B117, what comes to mind?
1: Well, for me, the UK variant is the only B117 I know. (laughs) So I think that one. I love it. (laughs) But when I think about what's happened in the United States recently, I think back to January, and there were two different predictions or models that came out of the CDC around the impact of B117, which is a variant of concern on the US pandemic. And what this CDC model said was that if cases were increasing in January overall, then we would see, due to B117, a fairly significant wave of cases between March and May. But if cases were decreasing in January overall, then we would see kind of a wavelet between March and May. And at the time when this came out, cases were decreasing. And so what we have seen is that second scenario, that wavelet, is really what we experienced and that that CDC projection was pretty good. And so what we have seen is that wavelet come and go. And now we are on the downswing and some of the lowest cases in many, many months lowest hospitalizations in many, many months all across the country, which is really, really wonderful news. That B117 variant of concern, which we were all concerned about several months ago, turned out to be a wavelet, mostly due to all the vaccinations that have happened in this country, is what we can infer.
0: Well, positive that it was only a wavelet. Let's tie that though to one other silver lining. And often there's not silver linings when it comes to the pandemic. But there might be one when it comes to health coverage. What's going on with health insurance coverage in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think one of the underappreciated shifts that the pandemic has forced is an expansion in government subsidized health coverage. And I guess whether it's good or bad kind of depends on your perspective, but For sure, that has happened, and partly it's because of the American Rescue Plan Act, which is the COVID relief bill, which dramatically expanded access to the ACA, to ACA plans. Not only access, but by access, I mean subsidies for more families and individuals. And so what we should see or what we expect to see is an expansion in the number of people who are being subsidized for their coverage, both in terms of premiums and actually in terms of cost-sharing subsidies. So more folks will be receiving help with their deductible, other cost-sharing elements of their plans. And so we will see how far forward this carries. That expansion is temporary that I was talking about with the American Rescue Plan Act, but President Joe Biden and the Democrats in Congress want to make that And so what we could see is an overall expansion in government-subsidized health coverage out of the pandemic. And that will have ramifications for payers, for providers, for sure, even Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical and life sciences companies. But states
0: have a role in that as well. And I think that's something that's important for our listeners to think about is that the ACA signups have a lot to do with states and what they decide to do. So tell us, how have states been helping to get people enrolled?
1: A good number of them have special enrollment periods, so they're allowing anyone who's eligible to sign up for ACA plans to do so sort of out of order, out of the calendar order. Usually it's at the end of the year. We have special enrollment periods going on right now in many, many states. 36 healthcare.gov states are having special enrollment periods through a good part of the summer, and that's true of California, Colorado, Connecticut, all the way down, Vermont, Washington state. These special enrollment periods for the ACA And so this should scoop up a lot of those folks who lost their coverage due to losing their jobs during the pandemic and lots of folks who maybe were sitting on the fence. And so now with this expansion and subsidies, a lot of those folks now, the plans are a lot more affordable. And so they also might take advantage of this sign up. So this is another way that the pandemic has made it an expansion of government subsidized health coverage.
0: Well, Trina, thanks as always. You gave us a bit of a rapid fire news viewpoint in terms of what's happening with some vaccine passports and other things around the world. We talked a bit about the lotteries and novel ways to get folks vaccinated. The CDC model from January was pretty good regarding some of the variants. And then we ended with more people actually insured through some government subsidized insurance. So thank you again for bringing us to the smorgasbord.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime.
0: Well, for more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please visit our website at pwc.com forward slash HRI. Until next time, this has been Next in Health.
1: This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved.